0: Hi there, and welcome into BTN's Take 10 podcast. This is Alex of BTN.com, and as I like to do, I brought in another member of sports media to join me on this episode and on the show for a kind of general interview about their career path, about their lives in sports media, and connections to the Big Ten. So this episode's guest is Michelle McMahon of Big Ten Network and NBC Sports currently, who I definitely label as an up-and-comer in sports media still. And it's not because she doesn't have a prominent role already in the industry, but because she does, but I, but because I think she'll become even more prominent soon as she uh, continues her ascent in sports media. So Michelle, if you didn't know, played volleyball at Michigan and is a Michigan grad. So uh, she's in studio with us as she is for a good chunk of the week. And we sat down. We definitely talked Wolverines. But we also had a d- great discussion about how she got to where she is today. And even though she's still young, she's, she's a few years older than myself. And, and she really had to grind to get her break and it was a break that did come what I think most in the industry would agree is early in an accelerated timeline if you look at everyone who has made it to a national audience like she has she definitely got that break early but definitely worked for it and, and earned it so we talked about that um, and we also talked about what I thought was a uh, very compelling conversation and uh, you know honestly kind of a tough one to have it was about her, her late friend Mike Sadler who is the former Michigan State punter who died in a car accident over a year ago and she was really close with Mike and he was a really close family friend as well so uh, we discussed how she dealt with that loss and uh, how she was able to pay tribute to him through BTN and um, through her platform as a sports journalist and we do talk many lighter topics as well and in general the uh, entire discussion was a lot of fun. So right before we get to that chat I want to remind everyone first To continue to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Podbean, and also a reminder that our coupon code is still valid at the btn.com store. That coupon code is TAKE10, that's all caps, T-A-K-E, the number one and zero, which allows you to take 10% off your order on all the good stuff at the btn.com online store and all it has to offer, whether that be team-licensed merchandise, decorations, memorabilia, whatever. And if you're listening to this episode of the week it was released, you're probably hanging out at home, you know, full of food from Thanksgiving, with not much to do but watch football. So while you are on that, uh, let's call it reduced uh, schedule, head on over to btn.com, head on to that online store to take advantage of this Take 10 promo code while it lasts. So with that all uh. Behind us, let's get to our discussion with Big Ten Network and NBC Sports anchor and host, Michelle McMahon. So I'm very pleased to be joined today by BTN reporter, studio host, tailgate host, and um, someone who has uh, many other responsibilities in the sports industry as well. It's Michelle McMahon. Michelle, how's it going today? Hey,
1: it's going good. I'm so honored to finally make the podcast cut.
0: Yeah, we've been uh, meaning to do this for a while, so I'm glad that we finally got it done. Um, And I want to get you on because, not only because you're a a talent uh, host and anchor here at BTN, but because, you know, you're, you're, you're young, you have a lot of experience in sports so far. You're at a level that not a lot of people are at. Um, at your age and you've been a lot of places so I wanted to kind of get into your background because when I have media personalities on the show I like to hear you know where they came from how they got to to where they are and I think the audience likes to hear it as well so I'm just gonna have you talk at first just basically from the beginning how did you start I know people from Michigan listening might know that uh, you played volleyball for the Wolverines but I'll have you go farther back than that even Um, how did you end up in Michigan And how did it lead to this career in sports broadcasting, sports journalism? That's a loaded question. Are we? How it, much time do we have? It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> no, I'm going to let you go as long as as long as you
1: want. Uh, so basically, just background on me: I um, was originally born in Chicago, so this uh, this is home for me. But then grew up for a lot of my life in Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, West Side. So it's about three hour drive from here. But um, so I have ties to the Midwest in Chicago and in Michigan. And so I've always been a sports nut per se. My dad uh, is a huge Blackhawks, Bears, mm-hmm. Chicago sports fans, Cubs. And then my mom is from Michigan, so she. She is uh, more of the Michigan side of things, and so I've always had kind of a dilemma on which which line I sure. fall on because I feel like I'm from both places. So I just, I always grew up with sports on my TV, and I've, I've been a tomboy, I guess, from a young age. I started playing soccer. Um, that was my first sport, and then somehow I ended up uh, in volleyball. I, I played pretty much everything in the book uh, growing up. The only sport I didn't play was hockey, which I think I, think I would have been a pretty good hockey player because I was pretty aggressive on the soccer field, which is funny that I ended up... Uh, Ended up in volleyball, a non-contact sport. But um, so yeah, that's my background. I just always have been passionate about sports. I don't think there's anything in life that um, teaches you more than being on a sports team does. I think there's a lot of metaphors that um, you can draw between being on a sports team and in life. No doubt. Yeah. And I think now that I think of my life now and where I'm at, the, the lessons that I've learned, I've learned the most that have taken me the farthest have been what I've learned through playing sports. Um, particularly playing at the division 1 level at the University of Michigan um, so that's my high school background. I actually was more successful in tennis than I was in volleyball in high school. And I actually didn't want to play volleyball in college. Or I'm not say I didn't want to, but I didn't believe that I could do it mm-hmm. at the at the level. I wanted to go to Michigan. My whole family's
0: legacy. students, a Legacy, right? yeah. My yeah.
1: third or fourth generation Michigan Wolverine. So I knew that's where I wanted to go. I didn't think I had the ability to play there. But uh, long story short, my AAU club coach reached out to the Michigan coaching staff and said, I have a girl that's smart enough to get into Michigan. She doesn't. think she can play at this level but like you should look at her Mm -hmm. she could be a good walk-on for you Mm -hmm. or debatable I don't know about good but (laughs) I made it there somehow so they invited me to walk on and um I was pleasantly surprised with that opportunity because I didn't expect it and I was uh, I started certainly at the bottom of the bottom when I went to Michigan and that was the most humbling experience that I had I had to really um work Hard to earn every opportunity that I got because I wasn't as right. talented maybe as some of the other girls. Um, so that's what got me to Michigan. Um, I, I wanted to go there anyways, and then to play volleyball was just an added bonus. And then little did I know how much that experience would really impact what I'm doing now. Um, and that's where I really started to decide like, what do I want to do with my life? Yeah. And I think we're all in that together where you know, it's like yeah. you still reach a point and you're like, what do I want to do with my life? Or what you're always reevaluating. What am I doing? What am I doing? Um, I think my best advice on that is just keep following and what you're passionate about, and sports keeps bringing me back to that. But um, yeah, so college spent four years at the University of Michigan playing volleyball, and what, it wasn't. What did you major in there? Communications and okay. Spanish. And uh, minor in Spanish, major in communications. Which, to be honest, I'm not using a lot of what I learned in college on that side. Right. I learned how to write, which I use now, but I don't really use a lot of the Spanish. I probably should, but
0: um, again, yeah, I mean, you can go into it. You can do a Spanish broadcast someday. Yeah, ATN's first hey. ever Spanish broadcast. life goals next yeah. step yeah, on the next
1: edition of the podcast. <laughs> um, you're gonna have to cut me off too if I'm getting too long winded here, but. Yeah, basically that was it. I didn't get my first career start until my senior year. So, like, when I say I had to earn it. So it finally anything, paid off, right? Oh, my god, Rudy, like,
0: the Rudy moment. Yeah, right I
1: was so close yeah. to giving up, too, because I was like, it was a lot of work. Mm-hmm. It was hard mentally, physically, emotionally. Like, there's, it's so hard to be an Eastern athlete, not to play the victim card, because there's certainly a lot of benefits, too. But it gave me a perspective
0: time consumption is yeah right now, so.
1: exactly it gave me a perspective on um the athlete side and i think that's something i've always tried to stay connected to of like what the student athlete is going through um which is what keeps me so tied to the college sports
0: right so immediately out of school um did you jump right into the sports industry were you able to get a job in sports right away or uh did it take a while
1: um, I was able. I was fortunate enough that there was an opportunity available to actually here with Big sure. Ten Network to be a uh, studio volleyball analyst. And mm-hmm. had had I given up early on my volleyball career, right. I wouldn't have been able to have that opportunity. But that for me was um, kind of a foot in the door and, and a way to get started. I and I uh, that didn't come easily either. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember my first audition. Before my first audition, actually, they had just filled the role that I thought was available. Okay, and um, you know. I had originally planned to come down for an interview, and then one of our producers called. And he's like, Hey, sorry we filled it, but stay in touch. And I was like, I remember hanging up the phone, and I was like, Oh, so disheartened. And, and then literally five minutes later, I called them back, and I was like, can I just come in and audition? Mm-hmm. Because if I suck at this, like, let's save each other time. Like, I don't want to do this either. So oh, that, so, you, so you followed up
0: even after you've been told no. That's, yes. Okay.
1: That's another key to, like, when, when you ask about how I got started in this. I, mm-hmm. I didn't take no for an answer. And my bosses here will tell you I was probably so annoying back in the day yeah. because I wouldn't take no for an answer. And I just I wanted to learn. I was so enthusiastic about it. I, like, I wasn't perfect. I wasn't good. But, like, I wanted to get better. Um, so that was my first foot in the door, but that was not enough Money to make a living in Chicago, right, and just
0: kind of side hustle. Yeah,
1: that. so I I moved to Chicago for Big Ten Network and for the uh, volleyball analyst role, and then I decided like very quickly, okay, I need to find another way to make mm. a living because the opportunities weren't coming as quickly as I sure. thought. Another lesson: you're not just gonna like jump right in and have it all because you're not ready for it yet. I wasn't ready for it. I'm glad I didn't get as many opportunities because I probably would have thrown myself under the bus there. But I started as a sales rep for a. Um, a uh, logistics company. So I was selling freight to truck drivers okay. as I wrote in one of my original
0: blogs. Relatable to <laughs> yeah. what we do now.
1: But. Yeah, exactly. So sales, I, that was my first sales job in Chicago and I was still balancing that with volleyball. And then when I saw that that wasn't gonna work together, I always protected Big Ten Network. Like I knew this is what I was passionate mm-hmm. about. And I was like, okay, at one point I'm gonna have to build up enough experience where I can just quit sales and just do broadcasting. I wasn't there yet though, after a year. So then I switched to medical device sales like that yeah <laughs> wandering through oh, neural right, icus right. uh selling uh medical equipment to neurosurgeons that was an uh, interesting experience and definitely perspective driving and really made me realize okay this is not what i'm passionate about i need to follow this broadcasting thing i don't know if it's going to work out i told my parents i was going to save up as much money as i possibly could and at the end of the year i was quitting and i was gonna just just commit to broadcasting with no guarantee nothing not a lot of money i was literally working like four or five different jobs it, in Chicago, the first time I was here after after
0: college. So, what, so did you have a break then, or, or what? What really allowed you to, um, you know, do it full time and eventually do it at a level that turned into your roles now?
1: Yeah. Um, great question for me. And I think everybody's path is different. That's I get that question a lot. Like, how did you get here? And I, and I can, my path worked for me, but it might not work for somebody else. You know? So it's like, it's point. It's important to point that out of, there's no wrong way to do this. Sure. Like there's no, if you're passionate enough about it, you'll get your break, you'll get your opportunities if you work hard enough. Um, for me, I started, I when I quit medical device sales. I um, began these hockey reports here because I wanted to prove to my bosses here that I could do more than just be I mean, a boss Was this for loss. TV or digital or what? Uh, digital. Okay. And, um, yep, digital at that point. But I had gotten a little bit more experience of, like, sideline reporting on different sports, sure. cross, softball. I did a, a couple of field stuff for, um, for the guys here. So when I started hockey, I, I thought about, you know, bridging the gap because now we live in a day where it's all digital mm-hmm. and the media space is changing. Nobody really knows how that's going to pan out quite yet, but I... Understood it from a millennial standpoint of like people aren't necessarily always catching everything that we put out on TV. So, why don't we bridge the gap of let's give them content? And hockey had just begun at the Big Ten conference. And so, it's a sport I knew and I followed my whole life. And so, I was like, let's let, why why not do this? And actually, um, I produced them, I hosted them, I um, recruited my talent, Rick P. So, shout out to you because he played hockey mm-hmm. in college. He was yeah. my analyst. Um, but yeah, like I was here pretty much every day, not getting paid necessarily on the days, extra days that I was here here to produce them, but I was
0: learning, yeah, I was learning,
1: the, I was cutting highlights, I was starting, I was a PA, I was starting from the ground up, um, and then it also proved to me that I can do more than just being a volleyball analyst, I didn't want to get pigeonholed to just one thing, and so I, for me, then that's when my break came, um, the Carolina Hurricanes found me based on that. Um, on the reel that I was able to put together and, and they gave me Fox Sports South gave me my first break and, and Kyle Hanlon the PR uh, guy for the former PR guy at the Carolina Hurricanes and that was amazing I mean and that's that was the start I guess of my young adventure
0: awesome so you, you were literally here on both sides of the camera you were yep. in production and mm-hmm. um, you know doing your own reports that's that's pretty amazing I feel like uh, that's, that's kind of rare you know um, I talked to brian anderson last week who's mm-hmm. the announcer for us and and for turner and uh for some other outlets and you know he, he did the same thing he started it's like a tech is like a runner like and yeah. and worked did camera work and i feel like i don't know is, is that r- r- rare i don't know i'm not on your side nearly as much as, as you are so is that do, do many people that are on camera now like do they start as people in production or not
1: um that's a good question I'm not sure I can speak for other people on that but I would say that it's definitely I really valued that experience because I never wanted to be viewed as somebody that just shows up and is on camera or Mm. the perception I wanted to reverse the perception and for me like I was willing to put in the work behind the scenes but to understand what everyone else is doing behind the scenes makes it so much It gives you a different... I mean, for Mm -hmm. me, I appreciate what the work that goes on behind the scenes um, and it's definitely... It's humbling, too. Like, you can't just... I think we live in a world where it's like a lot of The time, like people can just expect things to be handed to them, and it's it doesn't work that way. It's never worked that way for me, I guess. At least that's the way I was raised—a very blue-collar mentality. It's like, it you have to put in the work. Like you can't. There's no way around it. Regardless of how you get to the places you want to go, like it requires the back end effort.
0: So you started with Carolina Hurricanes. You know, that's NHL. That's that's the big stage. Mm -hmm. It's in Raleigh, North Carolina. Like I, you know, I don't think I realized they were in Raleigh until they were (laughs) in Stanley Cup Finals, whenever that was. Mm they won the stanley cup right and back in 2006 2000, yeah. okay six yeah. yeah so you know it's still like kind of a small market it's the nhl how long were you with carolina and uh and then what was the next step after that
1: yeah um a briefer stint than i initially expected mm-hmm. um it was a, a wonderful experience down in north carolina the people were so nice i actually later today i'll be doing a, a radio call with um section 328 one of their awesome uh, Group of bloggers and super fans. So, I um, was there for a year. So, I moved down there, kind of blind. I didn't really, I didn't know anybody. Mm-hmm. I didn't, um, I didn't really care because I was just so excited for the opportunity. So, I moved down there and did that for a full year. Um, was expecting to to continue on, and then the NHL Network opportunity popped up, which was the um, national level on the hockey side. So, uh, they were launching a new show, and it was a little bit uh, more unexpected and kind of at the last minute that's when people are like how did you get there so quick I'm like I don't know it just came about um, you know I, I can't thank the hurricanes enough because they were the. So I mean,
0: they must have liked what you did with Carolina. Obviously, someone mm-hmm. encouraged you to come do that.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and uh, yeah. If it weren't for Carolina, then you know, I wouldn't have had that. Op- I wouldn't have had that exposure or, or anything like that. So it was ultimately with the Hurricanes where that opportunity first presented itself, and it was similar to um, you know, what, putting in the work behind the scenes. It wasn't at. There's no teleprompters. There's no. It's not as. It's not a high end budget with these productions. So I was hosting the pregame show before every Hurricane game. All right. reporting in game and then post-game and all that stuff. There's nobody feeding you anything. There's nobody really like, you're kind of just on your own and you figure it out and there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's just, that experience for me like has helped tremendously and now I don't really lean on teleprompter or anything scripted. Um, And then at the NHL Network, I was hosting a two-hour show Monday through Friday um, with EJ Raddick and Steve Mears, two uh, still very good friends of mine. And it was awesome. It was an amazing experience. I got to cover the Stanley Cup last year. It was like a dream come true and um, something that I'll always be grateful for and something that helps me here.
0: So I became aware of you when uh, Big Ten Network started their tailgate show last year. That was my first year at BTN, the Mm -hmm. first year at BTN Tailgate. You were a BTN tailgate anchor while you were doing NHL Network, right? Yeah, so that which was, was your, crazy. That was that your was second. Busy. That was your second return to uh, yes to BTN. Yes, um, full circle. So did they just kind of reach out to you and say, "Hey, like we know you're doing this NHL stuff, but would you be interested?"
1: Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and it was, um, you know, I had done a couple of football games for them a couple weeks prior to. um, It was less of a, I guess, planned opportunity. Neither of us knew if I was going to stay on for the full season, really. um, If the NHL Network coming through gave me weekends off so that enabled me to be able to do tailgate for a full season and so initially it was just to start off on tailgate and it ended up being a full season um and so yeah that was a big full circle moment for me because I started here and this was the place where I really like dug my heels and mm-hmm. it was like started at, they, they you know the, my bosses here know what I did before and, and could see the progress that I had made and that was a really really special opportunity as i'm sure we'll get to later on too because the first tailgate show last year was at michigan state which is now a, a very personal um place for me or at least a personal uh touch with with my friends
0: yeah and we'll uh we'll, we'll touch on that in just a moment um before we do just wanted to bring it back to how you ended up back here again now in more of a uh, solidified role here so that required you leaving NHL Network to move back to Chicago mm-hmm. and I, I remember um, it was over the summer and I was on the road on the, the summer bus tour and just one day like you were back you know I was like hey Michelle's <laughs> back I, re- I remember Michelle. He's um, back. So one uh, how did that come about and was it was it like your roots in Chicago that, that made it worth it or was it because like you said your connection to BTN um, what facilitated that yeah move back here yeah and i yeah, so i've been for in four good, yeah
1: four cities in the last four years it's a crazy. it's been a bouncing around uh-huh. type of thing um a lot of it too works out the way life just works out the way you don't expect it to but also in the way that um you know the ways that it's meant to be so for me it was certainly um a homecoming but also um two really great places i was nhl network was great and mm-hmm. big ten network was great this uh this opportunity brought me back home and also um you know it's it's the loyalty as well that you know these these are the people that started my career and I get to do both college football and still do um NHL hockey which actually the Blackhawks um it was uh That came about a little bit later after Big Ten Network, so yeah, I mean, it gets it's keeps me connected to my college roots. I get to do a little bit of everything: volleyball, football, basketball, um, and now NHL. So it's it's really been uh, it's been a great it's been a whirlwind. Like the move was really not as expected um, as far as uh, I was like, all right, in a week I'm moving, (laughs) I'm I'm coming back. Um, But no, it's it's been it's been great. It's been really good to be the full circle.
0: Sure. So you are now uh, I don't know if we mentioned at the top but you're now also a uh, a host on NBC Sports Chicago uh, covering the Blackhawks and you you do the on ice interviews and uh, all that for what used to be CSN Chicago so I was going to ask like was that even in like was that iron in the fire at all when you decided to pick up and move back to Chicago or was that something that came about after and just you know added another like awesome layer to the situation that you're in now
1: yeah no that came about after mm-hmm. it was um it was a pleasant surprise for me and anybody involved I think um as I'm still a freelancer I guess which means I can um, do multiple things yeah. and obviously grateful for for Big Ten Network for allowing me to do both um but yeah no that came about afterwards and it was like it was almost like fate in a way because it just had um uh, they had had an opening and and were trying out a new role that they hadn't done in the past. Mm -hmm. And so um, being with NHL Network last year, it obviously translated very well to that. And I actually... um, I had good relationships with the with the Blackhawks and their PR team sure. before too, just by working with the Carolina Hurricanes and getting to know people in the industry that way. And so I, um, you know, the thought crossed my mind of like, oh, well, the Blackhawks are here, you know. But I didn't really right. see anything open at the time of moving. So yeah, it was it was an awesome layer to it all.
0: Yeah. So you know, the Blackhawks, obviously, first class organization, kind of the the crown jewel of hockey organizations the last decade or so. So that's amazing that you're able to do that. Um, so kind of. Lay out your responsibilities for them because, first of all, you know I know it's it's your your work is on NBCS Chicago, mm-hmm. um, which owns the Blackhawks. So are you really like a Blackhawks employee? Or are you a NBC Chicago employee? Or and also like what what are you doing, uh, role wise for them as far as yeah. you know like on the ice, like on air. Lay it all out for me, how, how yeah. it's structured.
1: Right, well, first of all, it's the employee thing is kind of confusing. I guess I'm just employed by myself. <laughs> I'm self-employed yeah. is how Real I describe answer, right, that okay. to, to other people because it's the same. I get that mm-hmm. question a lot. Like, so where, what are you? Um, but, yeah, so my responsibilities for them, I am just on their home broadcast for NBC Chicago. Mm-hmm. So I do their... Um, pre-game show so I'll I'll usually um, go to Morning Skate or get get some sort of player insight um, the day of a game and then um, the show usually airs a half an hour before the game starts right um air the pregame shows air with or without it being on a broadcast because the game broadcasts are kind of split across the board The WGN, wgn has a couple yep. um nbc chicago has majority uh, and, and NBCSN. then nbcsn has that but regardless of who has the rights to the game i'll still do the pregame show um so it's just a hit of any insight that i gathered in the locker room or any conversations i had leading into that point and then um if it's on our air on nbc's air nbc chicago's air i'll be doing um some some hits in game if it if the timing works out intermissions post game um all that good stuff and then if they win i do the three-star interviews on the ice if they lose typically it's just a go to the locker room get some sound and then
0: do a report on it afterwards um so
1: yeah it's been a it's been a busy schedule that's for sure
0: yeah i'm I'm a blackhawks fan um you know i'm not gonna lie i haven't caught many of the games this year one because i'm either here a lot or <laughs> watch some college sports that it, it's hard to keep up and that's what happens when you're a spoiled fan you know you had the success right. you have the three cups three and then Stanley you Cups you're just like all right I'll I'll keep an eye on it but when the playoffs come around then I'll uh, then I'll really tune in but I'll I'll start watching some more and try better and, try and catch your work because I yes. saw you on the three stars and I was like wow that's that's pretty cool <laughs> hey I, get to do I know that. her yeah exactly um all right so yeah kind of building off that how do you balance a schedule where you're doing all these shows for for BTN you're doing tailgate shows on at at these tailgate sites every Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, and then also doing Blackhawks games. Like, does it, is is there ever conflicts scheduling wise there? And like, how are you able to, you know, balance that workload? Because I think you told me a few days ago that you don't have a day off between like you know the beginning of November till Thanksgiving. So I, I don't imagine there's a lot of downtime there.
1: Yeah, there's um, a there's there's not a lot of downtime. But um, for me, yeah, it is a balancing act, and actually, that's something I'm still learning too. How do you find a life balance when you're working a lot and doing a lot of different things. And for me, it's just uh, making sure each day I block out some time for myself to either, like, work out or, like, do something like that. But um, scheduling-wise, honestly, that's the other crazy part about um, the Blackhawks coming about. There really hasn't been any scheduling issues um, between the two, and it's, um, you know, I you think about it, the, the games are later at night and, and the, the... Right. I guess the only problem would be if
0: there's, like, a Saturday. Yeah,
1: later. and but, even yeah. so, I mean, that's it's just been... Um, it's just been, yeah. It's a it's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun mm-hmm. too. So I think it's just for me, the biggest thing is keeping that perspective of. Of yeah I'm really busy and yeah I'm working a lot and I don't know where the light at the end of the tunnel is before Thanksgiving but that's still something like I've worked really hard to get to this point so I need to you know really embrace these opportunities and as you've mentioned there's a lot of people that would love to be in this position and so I just um, try to hold that perspective and stay humble and stay balanced and talk to friends stay you know like keep my support system close because sometimes I have a tendency to get really wrapped up in what I'm doing and then that takes away from life balance and I think that's something I need to be probably about a little bit better about projecting on my on my downtime.
0: Yeah, and a couple of weeks ago, I remember it was Saturday and I saw you, because uh, I was here all Saturday at the studio, and I saw you in Columbus in the morning hosting the Tailgate show, and then at night, Purdue the Purdue was playing at home Nebraska <laughs> against Nebraska. I think, and you're interviewing players on the field, I'm like, hey, well, wait, wait! weren't you in weren't you in Columbus in the morning? What yeah, are you doing? Like, why yeah. are you doing two two games in one day? Like, yeah. is that is that something that you push for, or are they like, hey, we need you to do both, pretty much?
1: Yeah, no, they asked for they asked me if I if I could. They, yeah. they certainly asked if I could or would do it, and I I was happy to do it. Mm-hmm. So that's not. Um, yeah, that's not ever something I would say no to. It's it's for me it's it's a lot of fun. Like yeah, I was exhausted after that day cuz I traveled like by plane. I was at Pitt State College to start for volleyball that day. Then I flew, so I said, I flew volleyball to volleyball, Columbus. Too. Okay. Yeah, so it was a three three way stop, actually four way stop I guess. Yeah. State College, Columbus, then uh, West Lafayette and then that night I drove back to Chicago but um, yeah I mean it's I'm happy to do it I know football season's it's it's a grind right now yeah. for sure but like it's a fun grind so I think it's just keeping a, keeping a task and keeping my nose down and just getting the work done and,
0: and having fun along the way So do you have trouble you know switching between sports because volleyball football and hockey are all very different like is it you know is it tough to um, you know not only mix up players but mix up terms when you're when you're calling a game or Mm -hmm. you know just the the finer details of of what goes into what you do
1: yeah I think definitely it's an adjustment I think for me the biggest thing is just like putting my different hats on and like when I'm in the moment, for example, today I'm doing BTN Live right now and volleyball later at night. So right now my focus is BTN Live, and then as soon as I'm done with that show, then switch the gears. But I can't blend them all together.
0: Like, do you blend the, the prep same, then? Or? Uh, the
1: prep, yeah. I mean, I, I, when I go home at night, I'll do prep for what I have coming up that week. So okay. Monday nights are usually pretty good. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, because I'm prepping for volleyball games on Wednesday and then for the weekend's tailgate and all that stuff. So that's after the show. But I try to – like it's definitely – um, can be a challenge but I think for me like I enjoy the prep work I'm kind of a prep nerd so okay. I'll definitely designate the time ahead of time but when I'm in the moment doing that I try to be totally committed to doing just the task at hand see I'm just trying to be like, like one I, day at a time
0: yeah like I I tend to procrastinate more more in college than now like I yeah. you, know, you can't really afford to procrastinate now but I'm trying to <laughs> yeah, you can. trying to embrace the prep so especially it, with what you're doing exactly um, alright so I mean you touched on it a little bit earlier but you mentioned how you were working you know the four or five jobs whatever mm-hmm. um and you touched on that also when you you wrote a uh, a piece for us that we'll get to in a moment on our on our website but you said you're you know just to make ends meet you were doing all that work mm-hmm. um so during that time in your life when you know you hadn't broken through yet was there ever a time that you thought about giving up like you know maybe I know you said that You know, I don't want to do. I don't want to sell medical supplies or do this for the rest of my life. But was there ever a time that you know you were looking into other career fields and saying, you know, if if sports doesn't work out, then maybe I might have to give it up?
1: Absolutely. And I think that's yeah. It uh, question it almost every day when you're not making it, and you're just, what am I doing this for? What am I? Fortunately for me, I had a really strong support system. But I think also too having that experience in the front end of selling things. I, you know, sales is a great job, and there's no knock on anyone that does that. I, I. think that if the TV doesn't ever work out, that's probably what I would maybe go back to. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, absolutely. Like I I gave up a really good career with medical device sales. Like that's a company that's for sure going to take off and probably go Mm -hmm. public. And I could have had original sales employee benefits and stock options and all that stuff. So absolutely, it's a big risk. But for anybody that you want to get to places you want to go, you have to give up you know I had to commit myself 100% to do broadcasting right. even if it, there was always that fear what if it doesn't work what if it doesn't work but at the end of the day okay at least I can look back and say that I tried I looked at it and I was like if I, am I going to look back on my life and regret that I didn't try my best and give it everything or am I going to look back and regret that I never did Never never gave it my all and didn't really see where it could go. And now that I've seen where it can go, I'm, like, so grateful I did that. But, of course, it's easier said than done to be on this side of it looking back. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. But it it was very difficult. It wasn't easy. But for me, I was, um, you know, I'd rather be doing something I love than to be completely miserable and something that I wasn't loving. And part of the reason I wasn't completely miserable when I was doing sales, but part of the reason I was so upset when I was doing sales was I was, like, every day I felt like I was giving up on my dream. Like, every day I felt like, gosh, I'm, like – I'm so passionate about this other thing, yeah. and I can't do that right now. And that's, it was like eating away at me. So like that's, I guess, the part that really pushed me. Of like, all right, then let's see how it works. And I can work five different jobs. I was a pure bar instructor. I was working at Athleta. I had just got accepted uh, to be a bartender at Summer House Santa Monica, and when, right, the, hurricanes, Holstead, yep, yeah, right, when the hurricanes, yeah, when the hurricanes came through, so that was like it was crazy timing. But yeah, I mean, and. For me, it was worth it. I was poor and it was not always fun to be kind of penny pinching and hate to be yeah, that friend not, Especially that's here, like, you can't really. sorry, can't go out tonight because right. I don't have money. But yeah,
0: especially yeah, especially if you're going to places like Summer House, Santa Monica, you can't afford to, uh, it's hard to, it's hard to save money. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, that place is always hopping, I feel like. That yeah. I was hopping. excited
1: to be a bartender. Yeah. I've always, I've always, I still kind of want to be a bartender at some point. I might pick it up in the summer or something.
0: We'll leave it for the summer or spring. Yeah. When, you know, I don't have time right now. <laughs> exactly. All right. So, um. I mentioned you, you had you know you had written about um, the, the the workload that you took on to, to make it to the level and, and you, you talked about it a lot here and the reason I, I knew that in the prep is because the piece you wrote for us was part of a larger tribute to your friend mm-hmm. who passed away, uh, Mike Sadler. As you know, many Big Ten fans know he was a punter for Michigan State, and him and his friend Sam Foltz, they were both killed in a car accident. I believe in was it August, or summer of twenty sixteen, July, July, yeah, July, July twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. So, 23rd. yeah, you had a special connection to Mike, and I, that's when I first, you know, really heard about you it was because you were on our air paying tribute to your friend. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you could kind of first, just for those who haven't read the piece or seen that tribute that you've uh, shared on TV, lay out how you became friends with Mike. Um, You know, you were Wolverine, as a Spartan, Mm -hmm. how you kept that friendship, and everything that went into that special relationship, and um, how it carries on now that he is no longer with us. Yeah,
1: um, certainly, one of the, probably the toughest thing I've ever had to go through, I've never lost a friend before, and this was something that still defines my life now every day, Um, and so... Mike and I first met back in high school. Forest Hills Northern, we're both from Grand Rapids. He was a a couple years younger than me. Um, We actually got closer and closest when we were in college because as a student athlete, he he could relate to what I was going through. I could relate to what he was going through. So as you mentioned, he went to Michigan State, but he was the most brilliant kid you would ever meet like in high everyone knew mike sadler in high school like he was beloved by all like his quirky sense of humor multi-talented right yeah it was a peculiar taste for the sense of humor that he had i always appreciated it and he was a like in our household he was like family to us like um he he was at every single like mcmahon family gathering like i didn't get to go home very often like during school and then also like after school and he was one friend that like always showed up every time um, and he actually, like five days or like a week before the accident, he was um, at my house actually for family dinner. Like we, were, my uncle was in town and it was just like no, no time had passed at all. Like he was just one of those friends. Like it was like a brother, like an con- unconditional friend for me. Um, and of course, the Michigan State, Michigan banter went back and forth. And of course, when he was there, they were at the pinnacle of Michigan yeah. State football in recent years. And he loved to let me know that and remind me of that. And for me, I had no rebuttal at that point because Michigan football just hasn't been, good compared to you know what they've they've been but it our friendship went beyond um sports like he was just somebody that always encouraged me and you referenced the times where I had I was working four different jobs like he I remember distinctively like the summer before he passed away he came through Chicago just for a visit and like just n- encouraged me and like always believed in me and always said like oh you're gonna make it. like you're you'll be there one day like he had no doubt so my foot my connection to college football was Mike to me and that and and um still reminded of that and he I remember one distinct memory too like when he came to visit um we went to Butch McGuire's and I was so stressed at the time I was just like god like is this ever going to like what am i doing like he just he always just made it okay like he just like but he was probably in a position where he couldn't afford to buy me a beer he was in he right. was about he was just graduated college was about to go to law school saving up and he's sitting there buying me a beer at, at the bar and just like he just made me smile he made everybody smile and he still um, has a great impact I still talk to his mom Karen fairly often and he uh, she's still heading up the Michael Sadler Foundation right. which has their own website if you want to donate she's doing wonderful wonderful things um, so his legacy to me is um, still alive and I, I now find it my responsibility to continue to carry everything that he stood for and to try and positively impact as many people as he did which is impossible to do but um he was that kind of person that you just like his absence is felt every day and i not a day goes by that i don't think about him and and miss him in my life
0: yeah and he was a guy that you know obviously it's difficult enough to make it to the division one level and be an athlete be a punter but he had other skills as well right i mean you said he was going to law school wasn't Mm -hmm. it it was like at stanford right yeah so uh you know what uh, off the field how did uh you know how did he impress you off the field with that you know diverse set of skills
1: the the caliber of person he was because he like I loved about Mike what he was able to do like he was so incredibly good at at his role on the football field but like he didn't internalize that that didn't define him Mm -hmm. and like he used that for the greater good of of everyone, else, you know, for to benefit others, like to help others, like he never took himself too seriously, he never and he didn't let anyone else around him take life too seriously and so he was so good and he was so not serious about that but so committed to being good at everything he did yet you never saw that like Mm -hmm. you never he always just made it look so easy and then just the kind of person he was like he would do anything to make somebody else smile like at the at the expense of a joke at himself or just like he was that kind of person that um just lit up a room and I like I even more so admire that and and can't even match the sense of humor that he had. He's so funny. Like, he's so witty and so funny and so smart. So smart. Such a good person. He's, it just, that's when life doesn't seem fair. When It's like, why him? You know, yeah, on that, his way to Stanford Law School. Like, who, the four-time academic All-American. Like, it, it,
0: yeah. Yeah, and that incident, you know, rocked the Big Ten because it was him and, and we mentioned earlier, Sam Foltz from Nebraska. And just the outpouring of grief and support, you know, really affected a lot of people. And, and, it, and it showed, what kind of what kind of guys those two were, and um you know it's been over a year now, almost a year and a half since uh since that crash, and you mentioned you know you'd never lost a close friend before I, I still have not lost a close close friend like that, so I can't relate really, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm just curious like what's it been like for you because you had to go through this and to some degree you chose to to you know to pay tribute to him in the public eye, but what's it like to go through such a huge loss like that in the public eye where you are you know in front of thousands and thousands you know technically millions of people Mm -hmm. paying tribute to a friend like how did you manage that
1: yeah it was definitely a vulnerable position to be in because um you know it was more about carrying his legacy forward for me like off the football field like I saw him more so as a friend than I did this outstanding student athlete which he certainly was for me like it was just important to feel like um he was re- like, he, all of him was being represented. Like, cause he was more than just a football player and he f- impacted so many people. And I, it was hard for me because I, no matter what I wrote down or no matter what I did in that feature, I only had about, you know, you only have, in a show, you only have about like two minutes. I, for me, the struggle is I just didn't really feel like it was good enough to, or like could, I couldn't say enough to like really, portray who he was as a person and what he what it meant to me and and it's not about me either that's the thing is it's about him and in spreading his legacy beyond you know where he can now take it and so um we revisited it this year with his mom karen the big thing there was to, to help her, you know, with the foundation and to carry it on. Because just even talking to her with, a, with the death of a son versus the death of a friend or anybody, it doesn't make it easy, like, different. It's just different across the board. Like, people, the coping process, you people tend to move on with their lives when you lose somebody like that. Um, from a mom's perspective, you never move on from that. Right. Every day, that's her world. Like, she's every day consumed by that. So whatever I can do to help... What the product of where one of my best friends came from with with Karen, who's amazing and what the foundation stands for, like I'm just passionate about carrying that on as much as I can and um you know shining light on on him and, and who he was and not i don't I don't want it to be I don't even you can take me out of the equation I don't care, but if I can help her in any way to um, you know, spread the spread the message about what they stand for. That's that's the biggest thing for me. But it's certainly it's vulnerable. It's like I, I initially I just was like I I wanted to just share who his legacy as a friend. But it also it does put you in a vulnerable position because I watch it back sometimes and I'm like I just I'm like there's still more to share about. Well, when you had he to was. hold it together
0: too on TV, you know,
1: like I blacked out in that moment. The first one I definitely did. Yeah, I don't remember what I said. I had to go back and watch it and actually. See, Yeah, I I felt, yeah. And that that first weekend actually too, last year, that's why this tailgate show is so special to me is Mm -hmm. when I did my first show, this was like, that was the first time I was able to do college football, which was ultimately the end goal for me when I started this endeavor. Um, It was the weekend, it happened to be the weekend that Mike was getting inducted into the Hall of Fame 10 years early. And it, it coincidentally, I just coincidentally happened to be on the show that weekend because when NHL Network came through, it was able to happen the first two weeks. So it was like divine intervention almost. Like they switched me off of a sideline assignment. Or no, they actually, yeah, they adjusted a sideline assignment for me to do that show. And it wasn't for my connection with Mike. It was like, we need you to do, be on this tailgate show. And then the like the stars aligned, and it coincidentally was... At that same time. So that's why, again, in, in my decision of moving back here, like I was so passionate about continuing to do the tailgate show, and it was um, – I felt it's personal to me now to be able to stay involved with college football and, and to carry that on. And actually, that it, uh, interesting circumstance as well. I did sideline, similar thing to what I did with Columbus and Westloff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did a sideline game that night at Northwestern. It was Nebraska-Northwestern. So that was, a, that was a heavy day. Like that one – that was emotionally um, – a tough one because um, I saw Sam's dad on the field that day and it was to be able to do both of those things it was um, definitely tough but it was yeah it was it's there's no easy way to go about any of that.
0: Yeah and it's a really nice really really nice tribute really well done and you know Thank I you. encourage everyone to check out not only the the post on btn.com that that Michelle wrote uh, a little over a year ago but um, I'm sure it's on YouTube. You can look up the uh the video tribute as well that that we mentioned that was on the Tailgate show. Um so we'll shift gears now to a happier note, but still kinda in that uh Mike Sadler, you know, topic um line of discussion. We'll get into your off field interests because you, you know, he had a ton of <laughs> off field interests. I know you might not have yeah. time for uh a whole lot right now. You and you mentioned a few earlier, but uh what do you like to do off the field when you're you're not running around Crossing Big Ten country and uh, covering sports,
1: <laughs> running around everywhere. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good question. I haven't I haven't done off field activities for a really long time. I really love um, wine tasting. Okay. I'm a big wine person. Um I love Napa. It's my happy place. Yeah. It is something I've committed to going to every year. It sounds a little bougie, but it's not. You <laughs> there's a way to do it on a bu- on a budget. Okay. There's Uber now, so it's uh, and you can do it. Yeah, it's exactly. pretty cheap. But um yeah, I love I love wine. I love my friends and family. Like that's uh, anything that I can do to spend quality time with them. Mm-hmm doesn't really matter what i'm doing um i enjoy traveling i love to like when i was with the hurricanes it might have seemed like it was work which it was but like when we're traveling all these cities i had friends everywhere so i love to be able to travel everywhere and see my friends Um, so traveling's a definite interest for me even outside of work i do love sports still um I'm also getting into voiceover recently. Oh, really? I'm taking on another project, which I'm not sure how I would do. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and do some voiceover commercial stuff. Nice. And I love I like to write when I when I have the time to actually commit to it and mm-hmm. be passionate about certain topics, such as the the
0: mic piece. Um, gosh, am I missing anything? No, oh, you tell me. I mean, cooking. I, I, gotta, I, gotta I like pick, cooking. Okay, I got to pick up the uh, the budget the the budget bougie Napa trip. I got to take the itinerary from you. Oh, it's so fun. Maybe I'll make, it, up, I love make it, it out there someday. Love it is a nice, it's a it's beautiful area. I've been yeah. a couple times, but I've never done the uh, the wine tasting route. Um, I love sleeping, too. Who doesn't? I, mean, <laughs> I protect I mean, my eight hours, I hours ima- sleep. I can't imagine you get a whole lot of it. Uh, but, I try to. Um, you mentioned commercials. Uh, not necessarily uh, voiceover-wise, but you are in a commercial now that's yeah. airing. I don't know if it's airing on anywhere besides BTN. I would imagine Fox might have it as well, but... It's the T-Mobile commercial where you got you, Jerry, uh, Spice, and Dave are on set, and it's a pretty funny commercial. I, I enjoyed it. So what was that like shooting – Like. Had you ever been in a commercial before? And what no, was like, shooting it?
1: That was my commercial debut. It was so fun. The, the director probably was, like, so annoying. because I was like, I was, like what can I do to get it more of these? Mm-hmm. Like, I want to do more. Yeah. Um, it was awesome. It was like, it, we were, our call time was 4 a.m.
0: I remember that day. So, you guys were in, like, super
1: Yeah. <laughs> Poor Chiquita had to be doing our makeup, Crack of Dawn. But it was so fun. It was like, they had... had decked out the entire studio with all these cameras and lights and like props and stuff and I had never done anything like that but it was so much fun because especially because Jerry DiNardo was the one in the dancing role he's like he's been uh, I
0: don't, like, I don't oh know if he, man. I've only known him for what a year or whatever but he's, yeah this is fall he's been doing the most like as far as he did the dancing role in the commercial yeah. <laughs> and he's been doing some digital stuff with us as far as like really going above and beyond but yeah that, I like that looked like a fun time Looked like a uh I mean it was weird because you don't see you see all these shows that they record in that studio. Yeah. And this is like a different angle and just a different look. But it's yeah. funny to see kinda like the mask come off. Of it guys.
1: was. It was really fun. It was I uh I was the one line wonder. My line got cut short. It was fun. It was so fun. I can't even I can't even explain how how bizarre it is to be behind the scenes when you see all the stuff that goes in mm-hmm. and then what the comes commercial, out it's like s- all like seconds, thirty yeah. seconds of it. Yeah, yeah. no, it's cool. I hope I hope I can break into the commercial industry and hey, do some more.
0: Hey, Why enough. not? Be T-Mobile's uh, t spokesperson down yeah down the <laughs> road. Um, all right, so you mentioned you like to travel. Uh, give me some of your favorite cities or especially campuses to visit because you're, you've probably been to most of the Big Ten schools by now, if not yeah. all. Uh which ones are at the top of your list?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I uh Madison, Wisconsin, where we're going this weekend actually, or mm-hmm. I don't know when this will run, but Madison, Wisconsin is one of my favorites. Yep. Ann Arbor obviously is great. Actually Columbus is Great too. I love the downtown Columbus. Went to Blue High Jacket. Street, all that. Yeah, yeah. great. Went to Blue Jacket. Same when we were there. Um, they, they're all so cool. I mean, they all have their different unique sure. feel to them. I was just in State College. State College is great. Um, cities outside of the Big Ten country. Obviously, I told you about Napa. Um, and let's see where else do I like to go in the uh, United States? Well, I guess in Canada, I can point out Vancouver. Vancouver's Vancouver nice, yeah. is pretty cool. Um, we got to travel there with the hockey team. Um, I love Chicago. Mm-hmm. Chicago's the best. Amazing, right? Amazing. Um, let's see if there's anything. Oh, I mean, L.A. Love California.
0: Every Everyone I ask this, and I ask, you know, I ask it often if someone's on this show and they are, you know, sideline reporters or play-by-play people, I ask, like, which Big Ten campus is... is their favorite and uh, Madison is always I love the first Madison. one. And everyone loves it. Like, Reminds me of Ann Arbor with
1: lakes right, on yeah. it. Right.
0: Yeah, which, you know, probably makes it no offense to the Michigan fans, you know, gives it a little a little edge as far as the lakes right. go, but like um like every, Madison's always at the top of everyone's It's so fun. Yeah.
1: I lived actually my first internship was in Madison, Wisconsin, yeah. my junior year. Mhm. NBC yeah. 15, I think it was. Nice. NBC 5. Yeah.
0: NBC5. So much fun to visit. I yes. like, if I you know, if I just wiping away all of my, you know, childhood and growing up where i did and just having having to pick one school in the country i think i would have picked wisconsin i know to go
1: to, i told so. my parents that too i'm like good thing i didn't visit mm-hmm. this before michigan <laughs> right. because uh it's pretty yeah it's pretty awesome there
0: right all right uh michelle i think that's all i got for you i'll i'll give you one last question okay if you can think of it on the spot i know it's, it's tough to, to think of but give me an experience from your time at michigan that you know stands out to you for one reason or another um you know, it can be a funny story or something from the volleyball team yeah. or something from, you know, covering Michigan sports. Just give me a Michigan-related uh, niche story since, you know, you are uh, Michigan born and raised.
1: Okay. I will I will give you one from my Michigan days and then one for a full circle moment All if right. I can have two. Yeah. Okay. First one would be, I touched on this kind of recently, but my first ever career start, which I mentioned, was senior year. Well, that happened to be at Penn State, who happens to be one of the best volleyball programs, the best volleyball mm-hmm. program in the country And they were then, too. So got my first start. My coaches were like, we love the energy you bring to the table. We're about, like, 13 games into the season. I was like, sweet, let's do it. Then I realized, like, oh, my God, like, what am I up against? The first server goes up. I get aced. That's number one. Number two, the second uh, occasion, their middle blocker, Katie Slay, also a redhead, goes up in the middle, like, a quick attack. Mm -hmm. Like, the the ball, you can barely see. You can barely react. Like, you just have to throw your platform out and, like, hope for the best. Well, uh, she gave me a nice warm welcome to the Big Ten. She hit it so hard. landed in front of me like three feet in front of me almost bounced up and hit me in the face (laughs) so that was that and then a full circle moment when I started this endeavor back when you all you guys have been through my full journey with me when I told my mom I was going to quit medical device sales and yada 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 my goal was to one day be on the sideline of the big house doing sideline for a big 10 football game and that happened this year which was that was like a full circle moment for me and to be able to be at this point and look at how far I've come and then just with everything that happened with Mike and I and I actually got to do Michigan State game as well, and that those those are the moments where I'm like, God, I wish he was still here. He'd be the first person I call. You know, like he would be the first person that would check in. But that was a really special uh, full circle moment for me, Michigan wise, and one that my parents and family were really really proud of. So
0: awesome, a lot of good stuff, Michelle. Um, Thanks again for coming on. Yeah, Uh, you know, everyone can find like you know you're very active on social media. You're you're coming up to us and. Suggesting things that, you know, <laughs> ways to. Ways to uh, Badgering, yeah. Ways to get on social. So follow her at, uh, it's at Mish underscore McMahon, right? Yeah. 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 Go by Mish sometimes. Yeah, uh, it's shorter than Michelle. Know. Yeah, you know, it's catchy. S H H. You can be the Mish. The Mish? Uh, yeah. Now, yeah now, now that we have the Mish, we have the <laughs> Mish. So.
1: Perfect. Well, the yin and the yang.
0: Exactly. All right. Um, and that'll do it, I guess. Yay. Uh, if you have anything else to add, feel free now. But um, oh, You're
1: awesome. I, keep up the great work. Yeah, I appreciate it appreciate all, you, all that you do here. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you.
0: Thanks again to Michelle for joining me, and thanks to everyone out there as always for listening. And yeah, like I mentioned at the top, I really do like hearing how these professionals get to where they are in this industry, and if they have Big Ten connections like michelle does and like many of the guests i have on here do uh even better that's that's uh kind of icing on top and i feel like there's just so many members of the media and and athletes that are prominent figures as well that will never really like run out of interesting people to talk to and to get on the show if they're willing to come on so at least that's that's the hope and uh again i hope people enjoy these podcasts these episodes of this podcast is a nice change of pace from the episodes that are just mostly, you know, analysis of the on the field or court product that we do. I mean, those, those episodes are great and they're fun to do. and They have a wide appeal, but, um, they definitely have a much more limited shelf life than these kind of sit down one-on-one interviews with figures, whether they be in the media or athletes, coaches, whoever. So on that note, we will wrap up. Um, got to give a shout out. Thanks to Wes White as always for producing thanks again to everyone out there for listening and we'll talk to you next time here on the take 10 podcast